So hi there. Uh, I want to welcome Sarah and Matt from Map Architects. We're going to talk a little bit about architecture and sustainability this afternoon. So Sarah, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sarah Beyer, um, Director of Sustainability and Associate Principal at Magnuson Architecture and Planning. Uh, we build uh, new construction and uh, retrofit projects in New York City. And we are seeing a large increase in adopting passive house strategies in our work. Nice, okay. So you mostly do um, high rise buildings or one family house projects. What do you do most of the time? Right, we, we build uh, multifamily um, affordable housing. So um, it could be anywhere from six to 14. Uh, some of our projects are now taller than that um, number of stories. Um, so they're kind of mid rise to high rise uh, buildings uh, in the greater New York City area. Okay, and part of the goals of the firm that you work in our sustainability, right? So how do you integrate sustainability? What are the main goals that you usually present to the client or present in your design development? Can you take, tell us a bit, a bit more about the sustainability and integration with these family buildings? Well, house, multi-rise family buildings. <laughs> Right, so our, our typology um, is encouraged with incentives and mandatory requirements to, um, to incorporate sustainability measures. So um, there is already a higher threshold that we need to meet in affordable housing to incorporate those sustainability goals. And it includes everything from your EUI uh, to um, the types of plantings in your landscaping, being native, um, for example. So um, we already have a good baseline to work with. And also because our clients usually are holding on to their buildings for a longer period of time than some market rate projects might, uh, there's, you know, they really value the operational energy performance of uh, sort of, if, of passive house technologies. And um, we are also really coming to understand the health benefits as well of uh, really documenting true air changes uh, in our buildings with supply ventilation and incorporating ERVs. Um, so we're seeing, you know, actually not sharing as much air between apartments is a beneficial thing with regards to, you know, pathogen mitigation. Um, so they are also interested in passive house technologies a lot more now because of um, health concerns. Um, so yes, there are minimum already more sustainable because of our requirements and because uh, they care about the operations of the building a little bit more. And, and then uh, they're seeing the health benefits from there. And um, yeah. Absolutely. And how do you see the integration between building properly a building, a project and social values, social justice, and you know, besides sustainability and health, these other values that are more intangible, like equality. Yeah, so um, I think we realize now what truly constitutes a healthy building. 
and uh, more people understand this and and therefore it it is irresponsible to not build that way and you know um it's it's public knowledge in a sense uh in our industry um especially with regards to to healthy air um and air changes and really supplying uh, fresh air um to your buildings so um it's uh you know when we when we uh, invest in our um, in our multifamily infrastructure for affordable housing, um, we we will reap those benefits as a society. Um, just if we lift all boats to to lead health happier and healthier lives, it um, will benefit everybody. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And. Tell us how challenging, because in the architecture industry, sometimes many other architects think it's so challenging to introduce these concepts, uh, passive house concepts and sustainability concepts in general into a building or it can make it way more expensive. So it's not worth it to do the initial investment. So what do you think about that? Uh, well, I think um, when someone indicates that the hard costs up front are too expensive, they're not really looking at the project as a whole over its entire life cycle. Um, there are lots of value adds to the passive house uh, technology that are not maybe essentially captured at, uh, within the, uh, the closing value um, when it goes into construction. So um, I think thinking holistically about the project is key and then also balancing uh, trade-offs. So if you improve your envelope, you can make your mechanical systems smaller. I think that sort of value should be captured. Um, and it's hard to quantify health benefits, but as I was saying, you know, before health benefits improve our society as a whole um, across, across all uh social groups. So um, that's something that will come back to you um, as, a, as a developer uh, in some way or another. Um, yeah, I think it definitely, there's more to say about that. Um, it's really the passive house uh, technologies are, you know, because there have been pioneers that have really been working on this for a while, the technologies have gotten a lot more attainable cost-effective, more available in the market. Um, I've seen in just the past five years, the availability of different mechanical units and, and passive hustle performance windows just increase exponentially. And even the conversation among all uh, product manufacturers is, is changing pretty quickly um, because we keep talking and keep collaborating um, and keep building this way and, and it'll come, the prices uh, should normalize for it. Absolutely, yes, yes, definitely last five years, maybe last 10 years, all this technology and the awareness of the impact that architecture and the industry has on the environment has made things shift and change. And these changes have been uh, pushed and created initially by firms like yours, right? That you, as you just said, you're pioneers in this. Uh, Matt, would you like to? to <laughs> Matt, would you like to? Talk? So, hi, uh, I want to introduce you to Matt from Map Architects. Matt, could you tell us about a little bit about yourself, please? 
Uh, sure, I'm the uh, Director of Communications at Magnuson Architecture and Planning. Um, we're a purpose-driven architecture firm. Uh, we focus on housing and community development, and we specialize uh, in affordable, supportive senior housing, mixed-income housing. Um, many of our clients are nonprofit, mission-driven organizations, um, and, uh, and, and we see it as part of our goal when we're producing housing to produce something of the quality that really kind of supports that mission. Um, we, th we think if you're, you know, if you're not building high quality buildings for, for, uh, for mission driven work, then you're really undercutting that goal. Um, you, you can't improve people's lives if you're not, if you're not producing something that's really high quality and beautiful. Um, and it, it helps to tell uh, or to convey to the people who we're building for that they matter and that, you know, uh, we focus on um, a lot of shared views, uh, lots of light, natural light coming into the spaces, healthy uh, building materials and uh, technologies uh, to improve indoor air quality, uh, to provide high quality um, uh, outdoor spaces for people to spend time in nature. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. What was the rest of the question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Yeah. And Tell us a little bit more on the challenges of integrating passive house strategies or sustainability strategies into affordable housing. Well, so for a long time, affordable housing has actually been leading the way on sustainability and residential development, at least here in New York, uh, because the funding agencies, the biggest reason I think is the funding agencies have adopted high standards for sustainability that are requirements to, to get money to build these, these buildings. Um, another reason, of course, is that we, again, we work with a lot of nonprofits who are mission driven and, and building something that's sustainable and healthy as part of their mission um, in terms of helping the, the communities that they work with. Um, and so in some ways, it's not harder to build uh, sustainable and affordable. In some ways, it's easier. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're finding now that because of these requirements that our buildings, affordable buildings, are, uh, are performing much better uh, in terms of energy use intensity than many of the market rate buildings that are built to code minimums. Um, and also because, uh, because we have um, these sustainability requirements, the base level sustainable building that you're going to build in affordable housing the jump up to passive house is not that big. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small incremental step. And so it's possibly not as big a sell to potential owners and, and developers uh, as, as you would think it would be. Absolutely. So in recent years, did you see a change in the industry? Why do you think is it driven? Will it change now with COVID and, you know, goals of social, social justice or social values in general, and how will all these impact in our industry, in architecture, in design and construction? There's, there's definitely a change. So many more people understand the language now. They know what passive house is. Um, we're seeing costs come down for all kinds of technology that we would include in passive house buildings. And again, with the emphasis on, on equitable communities. It's, this, is a, this is a big part of that. If you're not building sustainable, then you're not building healthy. And if you're not building healthy, then you're not building equitably. 
Yeah, so it's like finally all these dots are being connected. And our goal is to create better environments, you know, to increase the uh, standards of living for everybody and to make it more accessible to uh, absolutely everyone in New York and in everywhere, right? Uh, good. Would you like to make a final statement about the practice, the firm, and the goals for the future? Maybe uh, some of the targets that you have in regards to sustainability, passive house, or yeah. Um, actually, Sarah, do you want to, do you want to talk about <laughs> this quickly before we? Okay, great. So, Sarah, uh, what are the goals and the perspective that your firm has for the future? What are your main statement for the future of the practice? Yeah, we think that this way of building is going to become a standard of our industry um, for all of the co-benefits of health and um, equity and sustainability for our planet. And um, we want, so we want to kind of normalize this way of construction. Um, we think it, it makes sense and is definitely attainable. Um, and we're very, actually very grateful that this technology is here. And uh, in the end, it's really not uh, that complicated. Okay, great. Thank you. 